All right, welcome to the OVNI interviews. We're your hosts, Eric Bork and Mikey Taylor. What up? We're the co-founders of OVNI, a brand for entrepreneurs and influencers. Here on the OVNI interviews, we interview people doing the work they want and the lifestyle they love to help other people do the same thing. Today's episode is about money, and we're going to get inside, inside the magical mind of Mikey Taylor. We're going to go over today the four, th- the four kind of pillars of what OVNI is, and then... Um, you know, everybody talks about being a millionaire and the millionaire, like there's all these books, the millionaire, this, the millionaire, that. And I just want to say, I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> Great. How do you feel about that, Mikey? I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'm doing pretty good, but I'm not a millionaire. I can already tell, man, this thing is going to go in so many different directions. I love it. I love it. And uh, so we got some cool artwork. If you're watching, we got some amazing elon musk artwork over here with weed planted all over his face i don't smoke but i think it's the coolest painting we got old friend thor here with some artwork eric hatch who made a film called fulfill the dream and uh we have some artwork coming that represents avni and i had my girlfriend olivia make it for the office which are the kind of the four things that we're focusing on avni and i want to talk about those the first one is the skills that you need to get to where you want to go. The second are the revenue streams. The third is building business and structure to your business and your finance. And the fourth is investing. So Mikey's kind of already at the third and the fourth stage. Um, So we want to run through those things and kind of go through, I'll say this, Mikey's always been very, uh, strong about a few certain things when it comes to investing and when it comes to money. And uh, I want to really kind of like share that with people today. That's the objective of, of what we want to do today because there's some things you can definitely learn from. So as far as starting from the beginning, let's talk about skills. Mikey, let's talk about your basic skills with money as a kid, what were some of your basic skills as a kid with money? And when I say skills, I'm just saying that because that's a topic. What were some of the practices that you started on with money before you had a lot of money? So it was funny, man. I, I, I had a friend in seventh grade and he, he came to school and day he had a hundred bucks in his pocket, right? In seventh grade, like, I didn't have any money. And I was like, where, where did you get that? And he was like, dude, I worked out this new deal with my parents. I pay for everything, but they give me a hundred bucks a month. Right. And I was like, holy crap, that sounds amazing. Right. So I come home, I'm like all excited, tell my dad, like, hey, I have this new like deal. What if you give me a hundred bucks a month and I have to pay for all my clothes? I have to pay for everything. Right. And I thought I was going to have to talk him into it. My dad goes, you'll pay for everything. I'm like, yeah, like just give me a hundred bucks and like I I have to do it. And he's like, deal. (laughs) Right. And right when he said, I was like, crap, was this good? And what I basically realized is how quick money goes, right? And how how hard it is to stretch a hundred dollars a month when you have to pay for everything. Even though I was in seventh grade, uh, you know, shoes, clothes, food, all of it, I was responsible for. And I think just, just having that, and I did that for, you know, up until I turned 16. And, and I think that just kind of gave me a real grasp on, on how quick money goes and and how little you can actually buy with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think that, and then just kind of watching my parents with money. I think my dad always had like a really, I think healthy, healthy view on what money is. Yep. And I, I, I think it was just, I just was a product of my environment. Okay. So what about one, one skill that I would say you're really good at is bargaining. Is that, you think so? Dude. Yes, absolutely. 
I mean, you know, you know, you are, I know why you would question that, but I mean, you're one of the very few people who negotiated all of your own contracts, most of your own contracts yeah. and you were d dealing with big money and big contracts. Um, you leveraged your way into getting a shoe. You leveraged your way into getting it put in mass for your pro shoe, which most pro skateboarders don't get put in mass. And I think that's strictly because you pushed for it. So that's a negotiation skill. Where did that start? Is that, was it from that negotiating with your dad and you just took an L? No, I don't was know. the first L for you no. in this episode? That was a good, that was a huge W. That was a W yeah, for look your what, dad? No, but I mean, dude, look what I learned from it. Okay. okay? That was like was, one of the most valuable lessons I've ever learned. In, in the lesson. Yeah. But the hundred bucks was not a win. <laughs> no, it was a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know where that came from. I, okay. I, I think that might just have been i don't know i don't know if in me i don't know i i i've i'm not sure and that there are some things that are just kind of inherently with people uh do you think you really would have been a lawyer um i don't if i would have attempted to be it i i don't think i would have ended up doing it. i think i'd be miserable doing that just because of the the like corporate structure part right because mm -hmm. you'd be a good arguer for sure super good arguer yeah a yeah. good debate see that's what i'm talking about the negotiation you'd be good at that okay so uh next skill what were some of the first things we're running through these skills part uh -huh. and just so people know the skills that we're focusing on avni uh, so so do you want to talk about the skills on making money or the skills to retain it? Both. Uh, th this episode is about money and you, right? So, yeah. So, so retaining it, I think I've just always been really disciplined on not spending it. Yes. Okay. Right? Would be the first and first thing. The second, I think what you're alluding to is, uh, I, I was always good at maximizing, uh, my position. Mm -hmm. Right. Like with skating, like when we talk about this a lot, I was not the best skateboarder. Yeah. Right. And, and I think I've just always been good at, at making myself seem more valuable than others and De kind of definitely through that at, at, at kind of going down that. And what's that always led to was making more money. Right. I, my whole thing was like, I had to figure out how to be bigger mm -hmm. because to me, bigger was more money. Right. So there's yeah. like the process of, of, of where you start, which you have to make more money first, right? Mm -hmm. You can't do any of the other stuff without making more money. Yep. So I think it was learning how to uh, make myself seem more valuable or be more valuable, trying to leverage some type of demand with that to make more money. And then once I was making money, it was, it was just living on a very strict budget so that I had money to then invest with, okay. right? Because I wasn't making enough, like, dude, making a hundred grand a year in California is not enough to participate in the investment side. Right. Right. But I was 19 years old living at my mom's house. Right. Yeah. So a hundred grand a year, my mom's house was a ton of money. That's really good. Yeah. Right. So what you're saying then is that you said, I'm not the best skateboarder, so I'm going to make myself extremely valuable. What are these companies looking for? And I'm going to take this career and make the most of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's, let's move on from skills and feel free at any point. If you think of one of the past steps to jump back and talk about it, or is there another skill you want to talk about before we move on? Um, gosh, it's, it's weird, man. I, I, I never think back about like the skills It just, yeah. a lot of this stuff just, Oh yeah. And I was going to say too, the skills that we're teaching with Avni are, are going to be a lot of like how to build a website you can charge $5,000 for, or how to, you know, skills that actually you can use in the real world. And so today in this, 
that that's a part of Avni is teaching skills and those are mental cubes. So there's one course available right now from Mikey on Instagram. Um, those are mental cubes and those focus on skills, but specifically today we're focusing on money with Mikey. So let's move on to revenue streams. Mm -hmm. So revenue streams are the part of Avni where we focus on things you can actually do to make money. Um, our first one is on starting your own agency, which I've done and done really well at, and it's changed my life and is amazing, right? So these are revenue streams. These are things that you can go out, do, and then bring money in from doing real practical things. And we're going to focus on the real ones. Another one that we're going to do is product, a product brand. Creating your own product brand right now is one of the most, one of the coolest ways to make money, to leverage your way out of what you're doing. So let's get into revenue streams and talk about your revenue streams. Um, and let's start with, should we start with skateboarding? I think we have to. Yeah. I mean, that's been my only, that's been my, that's actually been my main source and only source of income for the last 15 years, even to this point. Like so, right now. so what I'm wondering is you were a pro athlete, you were paid. I think I want to skip past skateboarding because we've already talked about that so much. Now, if there's something you want to touch on, feel free. Yeah, but what I want to talk about is I remember you made, you used to make new year's resolutions and you don't anymore because they're just kind of like not, you shouldn't even do them. Um, you should just have goals. But as far as I remember one year you, when you were doing them that way, you said, I, my goal is to make money outside of skateboarding. Um, you had a full-time skate career. It's funny so, you just said that. That was my New Year's resolution for like eight years in a row. So oh, make, was it? Yeah. And that's probably why it didn't happen because it was a New Year's resolution. Yeah, I know. That's why I don't do it anymore because you like go gung-ho and like, I'm going to make this happen for like three weeks. Well, and let's then it talk goes about away. that. Go ahead. Let's talk about that. So as what do you think stopped you from having a New Year's or from making that happen? And then when did it finally happen? What switched? Um, I think one, like why I don't do New Year's resolutions anymore is because you, you like what I learned is doing something one day is, is it's not going to stay on the top of your mind or priority for that day to go out and do it. Yeah. Right. It's why I started turning towards like, if I have a goal, I'm, I'm going over that goal every single morning so that I don't lose track or lose totally. focus on what it is. Yep. Right. I think that like, yeah, I might've been like, okay, for a week, I'm going to like try and make money outside of skateboarding. And then it just, I stopped it thinking about away. it. Right. Um, that was a goal for me for a long, long time to make money outside of skateboarding. Yeah. Because I was terrified of like, what happens after skateboarding, yep. right? I just, I don't think I put it on enough focus to make that really happen how I thought, right? Like, you know, I was investing into things that were bringing me passive income, but I was like trying to have some, I, I don't I don't totally know what I wanted. I, I just didn't want my life or future to be like held down to sponsorship. Okay. You know? And so your, your approach, and this, I want to touch on this right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk for a second. I'm going to tell the, the listeners, the audience, something that I've noticed about Mikey. So one thing I've noticed Damn, about- Damn, this is like a big Mikey up interview, huh? This is. That's what this is. This is Millionaire Mikey <laughs> money episode. Got it. Right? Millionaire Mikey money episode. It's not going to be called that. Thank you. Okay, so one thing I've noticed about Mikey <laughs> is that he t his approach to everything is, and, and you're going to correct me after I say this. Go ahead. I've known Mikey for probably 20 years and I've seen this over and over. And it's one of those things that I see and I look and I'm just like, I need to do that. Now I don't naturally do this, but I need to do that. He looks at all the options and he goes, this one is probably going to happen. I'm going to do that one because I think that's going to put me in the best place. And I, in my opinion, you kind of absolve yourself of emotion from 
the reasons that you would go, let's say that there's five things uh-huh. and number three is the thing that is most likely going to work. But number five is the thing that the most people have some type of emotional attachment to. Most people go towards number five. Mikey goes, it's number three. Did I say number three? I think I said number three. And he goes for that one because it's probably going to work. And the funny thing is, is I think like between six and nine times out of 10, it works like with you because you bet on the thing that you believe is going to work. Now there's all these other reasons that people don't bet on that thing, but you bet on that thing that's going to work. Does that an accurate depiction? I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess so. Um, I'm definitely not, I, I try to take out every, I don't know if I try to, I don't, I just don't think I'm very emotional when it comes to decision-making. I don't, I don't know. I think I've always been like that. Uh, or my mom was so emotional making decisions that I didn't want to be like that. So I like took the opposite route. I I don't know what it is, but I, I've just, I don't think I ever wanted to make like a, I I didn't want to make a decision based on emotion and, and, and lose because it was an emotional bet. Right. So I've just always tried to not be emotional and make it the like percentage of, of things that work that don't, uh, See, I don't don't. think you've ever, I don't think you thought that strategy through. I think you just kind of naturally do that. And I think that's something that people can learn from. That's something, because I always go for like the exciting one, right? Yeah. And, um, and in the past I've gone for the exciting one and it's the one that's probably on the lower percentile of success. And I do remember with St. Archer, you did bet heavily on Josh. Mm. You looked at the whole thing and I was like, oh, the market, that's cool. It makes sense. And like these factors and those factors. And you were like, I'm going to bet on Josh because at the time you were skateboarding full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you were like, I'm going to bet on Josh. And I remember you kept saying that, like, I think Josh is going to pull this mm-hmm. and um, bet on him. Uh, so that I think is one of the biggest takeaways that I've had from you personally. Thank um, you. As far as the, the revenue stream, like generating money that comes in. Um, okay. We're going to get into bigger business now. Okay. So, I'm going to kind of hit you with something right Go ahead. I think a lot of times people take heat when they're in, like, I, I'll just say this. I don't think a lot of people realized that you understand the inner working and structure of things. And I, I think that. Well, yeah, because I was so scared to let anybody know that. You were, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, dude, that's something you don't talk about in skating, right? Like, yeah, very You true. don't talk about like success you don't talk about ambition you don't talk oh my about gosh i just want thought of something. or desire what i rem- you've done all these podcasts now remember when we first started looking at everything and you were about to do an interview and you were like i don't know if i can do an interview because i don't know if like people know me as that it was andrew it was andrew warner on mix mixer yeah you're yeah. like i can't do it yeah because i don't think my audience will yeah i did so yeah i told yeah i was terrified of it right it's like that's just something like dude i and we talk about this like I almost felt like I was living almost like two different lives, right? It's like mm-hmm. I had like how I talked to my close friends and and the things I was into. And then when I was around other skaters, I, I, I always felt uncomfortable about talking about business or wanting to succeed or just because it's it's something that's that we don't do. Yeah. You know, the skate industry doesn't talk yeah. about like success. They, it's more about the grind and, yeah. you know. And I remember for a while, you kind of almost sometimes would play that up like, bro, dude, like, like almost like play into it. 
but you're just like, I don't care if really, if they know I'm successful, I just want to be successful and it worked. So I think what I'm pointing out though, is that the inner structure of finance and money Mm. is something that you know a lot about. And, um, I think that's something that Randy's helped you with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, especially now it's really starting to show. And this is kind of cool because I was always on like the back end of things, like seeing, like knowing like Mikey gets it. Mikey understands the structure, the fight, like, like reports, like Mikey gets this. And I don't think a lot of people saw it. And now that commune's coming out and you're doing deals, you're working the inner inner workings of numbers, figuring out spreadsheets, figuring out deals, looking at them. Like it's starting to kind of come out that you get those numbers, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of becoming evident. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to hit you with the tough question here for people that are looking, that are transitioning into what they want to do. So they've got skills, they've got revenue streams, and then they're transitioning into bigger business. What would you recommend for people? What are the the two things you would recommend to people transitioning into bigger business or that you did? What do you mean transitioning into bigger business? Transitioning from like a one man show, like for example, and that's funny because I mentioned him, we mentioned in the last podcast, but like Barton, right? Uh-huh. So he transitioned from being a, a one man show mm-hmm. and transitioned into having a big business. Just to jog your mind, you've talked before about leverage of people, leverage of time, level, leverage of money, yeah. um, having staff, having employee. I mean, you guys have a, a big team. That, I mean, that could be a part of, that's a lot of what I've heard you say in the past, but what well, are the things? Yeah, with commune, yeah. right? Yeah. And then we'll get into the, the real estate and financial investing next, which is the fourth kind of like aspect of what we're doing. But mm-hmm. as far as transitioning into bigger business. Um, gosh. You know, I'm putting you on the spot here. No, I think it's going to be, for me, it was there. It was a certain struggle that might be different for other people. Okay. For me, it was more learning how to communicate with people. Like, I really, really, like, yeah. For In me, what way? Because, like, I've always like, look, there's a balance. Like, being a leader, it's hard, right? Like, yep. being friends with somebody, you only have to worry about being nice to them, and you don't really have to tell them to do things. Totally. You don't have to worry about like, like an authoritative role, mm-hmm. right? And and when you when you kind of transition to that, a lot of it relies on you telling people what to do. Yes. And and it was hard for me to know how to communicate that to get something done without coming off like a dick. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I think that's a just a hard balance. I think some people either take the like Steve Jobs approach. Yeah. Right. It's like or or there's like the like the coolest CEO ever type thing, right? right? But it's like a fear of like, does this guy get anything done? And I know that's like changing in this new generation. I think it's yeah. steering away from like the boss that just rips on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, it's that I think that's the leadership. Yeah, leadership. I think leadership, I, I think leadership is, is a hard. very important. One. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think that, and then too, it's like I came from skating, right? Everything was about me. I was in charge of everything I did, right? Yeah. I didn't have to worry about anyone else. And now there's multiple people that you're working with and every single person adds to the kind of business that is gonna, whatever, succeed, right? Yeah. And so y- you just, you have to trust people. It's just a, there's just so many more moving parts, right? That yeah. it, it just, for me, it was learning how to work with other people. That, that's a great And I'm one. a people person, right? I'm no, like I know. really good it's with people. It's just a different position mm-hmm. when you're a superior yeah. 
It's a yeah. totally different position. Yeah. And you know what that makes me think of? My favorite book, Great by Choice, which is not a political book. No, it's, it's great, a great it's a great book. business yeah. book. He says that 10X leaders, leader, and this is not Grant Cardone 10X, this is leaders who have created the biggest companies out there. They all share one characteristic. They have this thing that they want to accomplish and they get thousands of people to believe in it, mm-hmm. which is really crazy. And if you think about it, that's what you and Josh and Paul did with St. Elon Archer. Musk, Elon Musk's book is, talks a lot about that too. I know. I, I'm taking L's for this. I need to read the book. The book is so good. Okay. But he talks about that, just basically having to like, basically get a group to believe in you when the company is on the brink of going away. Yeah, and right. that's that's what he says in the book. He says they figure out how a way to come up with this crazy vision yeah. and then get thousands of people to believe in it. Yeah. And it, it, yes. And I think a lot of people going through like the growing stage, like dude, when you're growing, you don't have a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Money is very small and you, and you need people. So you really need, you have to get people on board and to believe in you so that they feel part of the, the overall vision and will work while you don't have money to give. Yeah. And I like the, I, I, I really like your answer. Um, leadership is moving into bigger business. Leadership is so important. It's something that cripples a lot of people. And I think that's really important. So let's, let's move on to our fourth aspect, which is where you're thriving right now. You're buying buildings and let's talk about investing and let's, let's talk about how to make money work in investing. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't look at it. Tommy. (laughs) Tommy likes that one. (laughs) Go ahead. So as when you when you move from skills to revenue streams and from revenue streams to building a big business and then you move to investing your money you have a lot of money investing your money i personally have seen a lot of different ways i love what you're doing um i think the just to kind of segue it i love the fact that it's not recession proof but it's it performs well apartment buildings perform well in recessions um, I like the fact that it's residual. I also like the fact that when you work yourself to a certain level, money starts actually working for you. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that you have tangible assets that you own, that you can sell, um, that make you money. So let's talk about investing and let's talk first a little bit just for anybody that doesn't know what you're doing right now. Okay. Um, so we, uh, I'm a managing principal of a real estate fund. We started it. The Which end. means you're the president of a capital company in yeah. more simple terms. Right? I, guess, I guess so. Yeah. Um, we are buying multifamily apartments, uh, mixed use properties, uh, storage units or, or, or opportunities that we can reposition into those assets. Um, and really it's, uh, <sighs> we're trying to build passive income. Okay. That's really it. In, in real estate, just being an asset class that I've invested into for a long time, I just I personally really like it and believe in it. But it's funny, man. What I'm doing right now, like before Commune, I was just investing in stuff. Yeah. Right. With Commune, it's it's it feels more like I'm building a business than investing. Totally. It, it, it's a it's a it's a weird hybrid that like I actually enjoy, but it feels more like a a a, a startup than investing even yep. though we are investing it's just yep. a it's, it's a cool thing but um so yeah let's talk about really quickly the different types uh the different ways to make money and mm-hmm. why you chose in basically commune capital or investing in buying storage and multi-family yeah. units so the things that i so there's a lot of ways to do it right you don't it's not only real estate um i've i've invested 
for a long time in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, long time in. Uh, How do you feel about the stock market? I, I just don't. I I've never loved it. I've always just liked having like a tangible asset. Mm-hmm. It, it was there. There was something more comforting in it for me and then going through the recession and and seeing how my investments did throughout that i really started oh loving gosh real estate I, i've never thought of that you had i went invest- through 08 yeah oh i went through 08 yeah because you had invested in in multifamily. what what were your investments then um at that point it was a lot of storage units at that oh point oh my gosh so you basically invested your money the recession hit which was terrible yeah and i had money in everything I had, and you were okay and you were just watching everybody else just get blasted 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 yeah yeah so i think like going through that experience just observing that and just feeling like your money's safe must have been huge well yeah and i I never thought of that yeah yeah and it's just like and i did lose money through it in some areas it it wasn't a lot and i was actually able to get back that following year but for everything that i had in real estate it 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 i didn't even notice it crazy you know so i think going through that really kind of uh made me really like real estate. Yeah, and so for yeah. I, most people have seen, if you haven't now, follow com, at Commune Capital on Instagram. Check out what Mikey's doing there. Um, follow his personal brand. Most listeners probably already do, yeah. but just stay in touch with the the real estate that he's doing. Um, so I'm a big believer in real estate. I, I know, know my whole business is real I estate, know. but it's just, it's such a good thing to invest in you. And really what you're trying to do when, when investing and you have to wait until you get to the point, right? Mm-hmm. Like people hit me up all the time. Like, Hey, I've got $3,000. Should I invest it? Uh, I mean, if you want to like play around with it, but the reality is it's not enough for you to really get into it, right? You need to focus on making more money first. Mm-hmm. But once you get to that point, it's, it's all about, basically having your money work. Yeah. You want your money to work for you, right? And it's like, so, to me, that's how you actually get to a point of not having to work, yeah. where you can choose to do it or retiring, or whatever you want, you know, whatever you want to call it, your money has to be working to do that. So let me throw, let so, me kind of, so go ahead. I don't think you can save yourself to being rich. I, I don't think you can do that. Okay, that's a good point. So you 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 don't believe you can save your way, meaning you make $150,000 a year, you can't save your way into being rich. I don't think so. Okay. Agreed. And, and I'm going to kind of put this up into perspective. So we have skills, we have revenue streams, we have getting into bigger business. And so kind of to recap, what you're saying is that if you're in the, the revenue stream and, and getting into bigger business, and this was huge for me, find something that doesn't have a roof. Find something that the harder the work, the harder you work, the more money you make. Yeah. Yes. And I will say this. I don't think you need to I don't think you need to go into big business to, I think you can skip no, that you don't. actually. Yeah. Yeah. You can find a revenue stream where you can just keep going and going and going and mm-hmm. make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but yes, don't, don't go, don't hit a ceiling. That's yeah. Don't have something that you hit a ceiling in. And that was the biggest, like I remember giving myself the first month when I gave myself a $5,000 raise and I was like, I worked 15 years and never once experienced that. Yeah. That felt good, you know? Yes. So let's talk, let's finish up with investing. So as far as investing, any, um, this is the last one we're going to do, unless you think of something else. Is there any advice you would give people about investing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's always worked for me is not, not getting caught up with like the glamour or the, uh, gosh, like, I think people try to hit a grand slam every single time, right? It's like, 
Are they, you talking like when people are getting started? I'm talking about. I think it or happens are you talking a lot about of times when you're investing. No, I think it happens a lot of times when you start investing okay, for the first gotcha. time, but yeah. not always. Like I have a lot of friends who they'll only invest into something where they could ten time their money. Gotcha. Right? Yep. It, it, they take a, such a different type of risk. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's and and I've just never believed in that. Right? Like I I don't invest into things where I I can give you a hundred grand, you give me 10 million bucks back. I, I just won't ever do it, right? Mm-hmm. Because the chances of me losing that hundred grand are so high, it's not worth it, right? Yep. I'd rather just plug away at 10%, 11%, 15% for the next 20 years, right? Yeah. And and I think a lot of people are like, need this instant, like I'm gonna get rich and retire tomorrow, right? You can't invest that way. You need to like really stretch this thing out over really 10 plus years and just investing is all about being patient and and going the distance dude i could not agree more and that just reminded me of one of my favorite points this is something i look for when someone's like over explaining like why something's so amazing and sorry to all you guys that love crypto but like I've had people sit there for like an hour and a half like oh crypto it's gonna be like a year ago oh, crypto and i just sat there i'm like in 30 seconds, tell me why crypto is so great. And no one could ever do it. And then they all lost their money. Not everyone, but they all like lost a lot of money in crypto. And people who put a lot of money and lost yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. So I think you just you can't let greed take over ever. That's that's definitely right? a good one. And, and and investing, I think greed will kill you, take all your money from you. For sure. It it, it needs to just make sense. It's like buying buildings, build a storage unit, it appraises for you invest two and a half million. It appraises for twenty five million. That's rough. Yeah, well, I'm look, not getting a value better than SEC right now. Look, but. I, I'm I'm I raise money now, right? Like I right. hear it from all angles now why people want to or not want to invest, and I can't tell you how many. What are people, some of the things? Uh, they don't want a long term investment. They don't. They want basically a flip. Got you. Right. Yeah. And it's like it's just it's funny, man. Like it's not a. I, I can't say it's right or wrong. Personally, I I don't do that. Right. Well, because there's a there's a very specific pattern. It's flip, 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 flip. Spend all the money. Flip, yeah. flip. Lose big. All your money's gone. It's yeah. like such a clear pattern. You yeah. Know? So some people can avoid it because they actually save. Yeah. But again, they're saving. You yeah. Know? So that's that's one. That's definitely one. Somebody you know like hey, I I want I want a return in the next four months. Yeah. I don't want like you giving me money every year for five years. For right. Sure. So it's just that's a big one that I think is just a different viewpoint on investing. Um. But I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to uh, not one, not over leveraging. Two, don't take on an outrageous amount of risk. Yes, with investing, there is always risk. Mm-hmm. I just look at what the lowest risk and the best chances of success are, and I've just always betted on those ones. Okay, so let's let's let me ask you this: mm. What percentage risk was Saint Archer when you took that risk? High. How high? Is that probably the, and I, if you don't go into any numbers, you don't want to, but that's probably the biggest risk you've ever took. Yes. And yes. how high would you say that was? Risk wise? Yeah. Fuck through the roof, <laughs> through the roof, dude. Yeah, it was high. That, that one was, uh, that was just one of those ones, man. I, I think it was one of two things. We were young and naive, at least me. I don't want to speak for the whole group for me. Yeah. I was young and naive to really know what this really meant. Mm-hmm. Right. Two, it wasn't like I didn't, if you're looking at how much money I had and what I invested into it, yeah. it was a, it was a smaller percentage of how much I had. Yeah. So I felt comfortable taking a higher risk doing it. 
Hmm. But the thing that I don't know if I fully understood is is how high the risk was and what it would have meant if it wouldn't have worked out having all of my friends involved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, know, I was I just think thinking about was, you, was, all was, your friends no, also. No, like for me, honestly, for me, the money I invest in the St. Archer, if, if, if I would have lost it all, it would have stung. I, I, w- I would have been okay, though. That was my point. Yeah. You I, still would have been okay. Yeah, I just think there was way more for me to lose than the money with that one, and that's why I think yeah. the risk was really high. N- not only just, I shouldn't say for me, for, for us. Yeah. Because there was, the, I was just thinking the risk for you when I asked, but yeah, there was a lot of risk for a lot of people yeah. with St. Archer. Yeah. Okay. And then cool. I haven't, you know what? I I will say this, look, to go kind of back, I do invest in the things of higher risk. I, I can't say I don't, right? It's just the percentage of money that I allocate to those That's type what of I'm investments talking about, are, it's, it's, it's 4% of my portfolio, 5% of my portfolio. That's kind of more what I was asking about. Uh, I was more referring to not like if you invest a hundred grand into something, I was more saying the risk that you took. Okay, so yeah. So basically, if I invest into something of like a, let's say a St. Archer, right? St. Archer's a little different because I I wasn't an investor of St. Archer. Let's say I was an investor of St. Mm -hmm. Archer. I would have invested 5% of my portfolio. Right. Yeah. Where then I have fifty percent of it invested in real estate. Right. It's a different yeah. allocation. Um, but I just when I invest in stuff like that, I invest knowing that if I lose that, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So and it's I, just a different risk. The, the kind of the lesson that the we can't be too simple, but the lesson is is you always have backup when you invest. You always have part of your money here and part of your money as a would you call it parachute. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I just have money set aside for like those shit. (laughs) You know? Awesome. Yeah. And and that's a dude that we'd have to do a whole, we'd have to do a whole podcast specific to investing because there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah. It, it, yeah. We could talk about this one for a long time. I mean, that's, that's part of what, that's a huge, that's the fourth part of what we want to talk about and, and teach with Avni is that's investing People need guidance there. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how lucky I feel that I've watched you go through all this, even during the times where I was not making good money and making bad decisions, I was still watching you do great things and learning from that while I was going through what I was going through. So, um, yeah. Okay. So just to kind of recap skills, revenue streams, our goal with Avni is we want to get people from creating skills that can get bring them in revenue streams that don't have a ceiling. That's the whole, we don't want you to be stuck at not being able to give yourself a you know, few thousand dollar raise if you work hard. Mm-hmm. And then getting into structuring a business and structuring your finances. Um, financial is something that, that Mikey has a lot of experience with. Um, and then investing. So those are kind of the four different parts. And anything else you want to talk about? I think that was a good snapshot of money and and your mind in money. Yeah. I say, if anything else, I'd say uh, leave us a comment or a review on 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 where you're at. Like I'd be really curious to know like where the listeners are. Yeah. What's your next? And, and those four things. What's your next step? And if there's anything you want us to do with Avni, that's what we want. We want feedback. What do you want to hear to get you to the next step? What are the things that you need to get to the next step? And I might not have the answer. Mikey not might not have the answer. 
we may have the answer or we may bring someone in that does have the answer and create a course on that to help people out get to that next step. So thank you so much. We're going to wrap it there and uh, go check out skate night. We're having a really cool night here at the park. We actually, it's not hot, so we can do it at our, our uh, private facility in Burbank. We have an art show. So go check out skate night, either on Mikey's YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, and uh, we'll see you next time. That's a wrap.